the two most important things that I think every church should be investing in is their church website and their, their, their email list in their church, their mailing list. And that's because their owns digital real estate. You know, what you're talking about, the reality of social media is it's rented space. Hello and welcome to Independence, the FIEC podcast. My name is Joel Murray. I'm the Communications and Media Officer for FIEC. I'm joined by a special guest today, Peter Murdin. Hi, Peter. Hi, Joel. How you doing? Hello. Good, good, good. And uh, also our regular, but on the other side today, Adrian Reynolds, the Head of National Ministries at FIEC and Elder oh. at a local church. Adrian, hi. Hello, Joel. I'm, I'm on the other side. What does that, that mean? So it sounds quite sinister. You're doing my job of hosting and introducing, but now you're, you'll be asked the questions. And you'll well, be it's, to, it's to a delight to be more. here, Joel, as a participant. Good. And our conversation today is about church communications and in particular digital communications. Uh, that's why Peter's here. He's the expert in the room. Uh, but Peter, first of all, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us how, how you became yeah. a believer, what, what your church life is like, family life, that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I grew up in the church. Um, I wouldn't say I had a dramatic conversion experience. Just kind of grew up to know and love Jesus. And um, of course, there were significant moments in that journey, but but really can't remember a time that, that I didn't. Um, and um, was very involved in church. Parents were, which meant I was there, so I might as well do stuff. Uh, so my first job was actually cleaning the church toilet. So that was my first paid employment at eighteen. Um, but before that, I um, kind of you, hang on. You were paid. Gone. You were paid to clean the toilets. I was paid to clean the toilets. I, I, I was, yeah. There's a whole podcast in in that one comment, I think. But I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> We ran a, a conference centre out of the building and say there was an imperative for the toilets to get cleaned. And, sure. And like, that was my job on a Friday afternoon. Um, but I also ran the church MySpace page, or the youth group's MySpace page, really. MySpace. Um, so that's going back over 15 years ago, which makes me feel quite old. Um, Whatever that, happened to MySpace? <laughs> well, yeah, there's a whole story. There's a whole podcast in that too, Adrian, I think. Um, and so that kind of started my digital communications journey, went up to university, went over to the States for a few years, came back and then started helping Christian organisations with their kind of digital marketing, which led to founding Digital Church Toolkit, which is an online training platform for churches. Um, so imagine Masterclass for Churches or Netflix for Church Training is probably the best way to describe it. And um, and did that for five years and still super involved in that but recently became the head of marketing at Waverley Abbey, and uh, which is based near Farnham in Surrey. And that meant that me and my wife, we were living in Bristol, she's finished off a PhD. And so literally about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we moved um, to Surrey. And so that's where we live now in Surrey. Don't have any kids yet, um, no animals, uh, which meant moving was relatively straightforward. And I guess, every, sorry, just I, I've got to find this out. Um, every, not everybody will have heard of Waverley Abbey, but everybody's yes. heard of Every Day with Jesus, haven't they? Well, yes. I mean, I all, think all part point, of the same, all part of the same family. Is that right? All part of the same family. So if you got a, uh, if you got an email recently or letter recently saying that we are stopping Every Day with Jesus as a printed edition and um, turning it into an app, you can blame me for that. Um, my, <laughs> okay. my wife's grandma <laughs> called me up at the weekend and said. 
is it true, Peter, that Waverley Abbey are taking away my everyday with Jesus? I said, Hazel, it's not Waverley Abbey taking away your everyday with Jesus. It's me taking away your everyday with Jesus, <laughs> oh, which yeah. wasn't quite the answer she yeah. was hoping for. But uh, yeah. yes, so you're not hoping Jesus, for anything in the will, are you? I, uh, you... Well, uh, yeah, not anyway, not anymore. Anyway, so um, everyday with Jesus is probably one of the most famous things that, that they yeah. Waverley Abbey or CWR, as it used to be called, uh, has done for for decades, and uh, you know. I think at one point we were printing over a hundred thousand copies a year in the UK alone, let alone around the world. I think in, in Nigeria, they were printing another couple hundred thousand too at one point, Amazing. Uh, which Amazing is remarkable. Ministry. And so just remarkable impact that's had over many years. And, and one of the things we we're, we're, one of the, one of my jobs is to reinvent that for the kind of twenties and forties, um, as well. So, you know, really exciting, but still very much involved in digital church toolkit and, and helping the local church. Yeah, about digital communications, which is what we're kind of doing today. Great. I met you, or at least I, I saw you and got to know you a little bit from a, a conference when I very first started this job at FIC. It was in the six-week period between when I started and when we all had to go home yes. for lockdown. In Stone so, Stanton. Yeah, that no was the new one. Agent, yeah. in fact. Yeah, that was it. Um, and then since then, I've been involved in, in various things with Digital Church Toolkit just to think about church communications as part of my job and how, how we can help other churches. Maybe we'll get into that later on. But thinking about church communications, I mean, communications is a very broad term. And then in particular in church communications, well, we think, well, we, we talk to one another and maybe preaching is communication. But yeah. what do we really mean when we're talking about church communications in, in this context? Can you help define that for us? Yeah. So I think ultimately, like, I'm going to make a percentage up, right? 75% of what we do as churches is communicate, right? So Joel, you gave a great example there, right? You, you preach, we teach, we, um, and ultimately what's the point of the church to proclaim the gospel that is proclaiming is communicating, but also in the life of our churches, we're doing a bunch of communication, right? We have to get someone to do the tea and coffee rotor. We have to let people know the prayer meeting is cancelled or has moved. We have to let people know what the Bible study passage is going to be for that week. There's a bunch of communicating that we're doing in our churches, whether that is kind of that, um, I don't want to use the word more spiritual, because of course letting people know the prayer meeting is cancelled is also spiritual, but kind of what might feel more spiritual stuff, like preaching and teaching, etc. And then the kind of, admin of of church life and i guess when we talk about church comms or church communications we're talking about all that stuff and and how can that be done in a way that is one effective like like we want to be effective in our proclamation of the gospel and effective in our church life and secondly how it can be efficient how can we use the best of the resources god has given us um and so i think that's what we're talking about when we talk about church communications kind of all that wrapped in one and how can we do it effectively and efficiently so that, that's that's helpful for me to hear, Peter, because I, I came into this podcast thinking, I know I'm going to hear about something else I've got to do. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my heart slightly sinks um, thinking about how I'm going to squeeze it in yeah. and what's what's got to give. But I think what if, if I understand this right, let me see if I have understood it right. You're playing back to play back to you. What you've just said is is that you're you're talking about something I'm already doing, basically. Yes. Yeah. So, so so much of church life and organisation ministry and organization let's call it ministry and administry yes is um is is basically around the the topic of communication so actually these are things i'm doing already so so we're talking here about what i can do more efficiently effectively yes and ultimately like everyone listening to this wants an effective ministry they want they yeah, want to see people's lives changed 
and they want an, an, an efficient ministry. They want yeah. it to be as easy as it can be because it's, stre- it's, it's difficult, it's full on. Caring for people, pre- doing the gospel work is, is um, it's, it's a sacrifice, right? Like we're called mm-hmm. to do it and it's a sacrifice, but we want to make sure we're, it, it's as easy as it can be, although it's going to be hard, and that we're making the most of the resources we've got. And so I think it's a really great way to think of it, Adrian, of you were actually doing all the stuff we're going to talk about today, you're probably doing, whether you're doing it effectively and efficiently is a different matter, but you're probably doing it. Um, and so hopefully this will be, oh, this pot, what we discussed today will help those that are listening do it do it better and do it easier and and ultimately see some more lives changed and hopefully be able to spend a lot more time with their wife and their kids <laughs> right i'm all ears i'm all ears <laughs> yeah we've, we've got all that all the different parts of that church ministry and administry is there it's like it's like here's the the big job and then i suppose part of the question is what what do we prioritize how much time and effort do I put into different parts of what, what needs to be done? And the com- communication to a certain point, I suppose, comes naturally because you, you need to tell people so you do it. <laughs> it's not really particularly think about thinking about it. But I suppose church communications as a, as a topic is about intensely thinking about those communications rather than just letting it just happen and then hoping for the best. So why, why is that important to step back and think about how we're communicating the different things that we're communicating. Yeah. Why, why is it important to think about what needs to be communicated and then how do we do those things? Yeah. So, you know, ultimately everyone listening to this is in a different context. You know, they're in a different city or town or village. The size of their church is going to be different. The makeup of their team, whether that is paid or not paid, is going to be different and their skill set's going to be different, right? You're going to have different, you know, sometimes you find a church that is reasonably small, but they happen to have a couple of really amazing creatives and a couple of people that work in digital marketing in their church. And sometimes you find a church that's really large, they don't have any of that skill. You know, I once in a church, I was once in a church, member of a church that was like nearly over 500 people, but they didn't have a regular drummer because they just didn't have somebody in the church who, who was a drummer. And um, it's just the, the nature of, um, of context we find ourselves in right and so one of the reasons it's important for everyone listening to sit back and have a think about it is because if you were to ask me joel or or adrian what's the thing a church or church someone listening should be prioritizing it's very difficult for me to answer that because every context is different and so i think that's the first thing that needs to be thought about is like what is our context what's the context of our vision and our mission you know what's the stuff that we feel that we're prioritizing and obviously you know the the usual stuff we expect a church to be prioritizing you know the gospel etc i mean what's your kind of priority for the year where do you feel your you need to be putting your time and your effort in and then aligning that to what you should be communicating and then how you can do that based on your context what's going to work in a you know, city centre in Bristol, so city centre Bristol, the way people communicate city centre Bristol is very different than the little village in Surrey countryside I now live in, right? They're very different contexts and the way those two kind of ecosystems work are going to be different. So that's that's kind of the stuff that's really important for, for someone to be stepping back, I think, and thinking about, um, because the first step to being more effective and more efficient is to be a little bit more strategic, and that's going to require a little step back and a little thinking time. So are you... Are, are, if I'm hearing this right, I think you're saying that comms isn't an end in itself. It's a means to an end. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can, al- I can already see a danger for the kind of tech savvy 
um, you know, um, early adopter, as they're sometimes called, actually, you make these things and, and end in themselves, don't you? Absolutely. And um, that, that seems to be the way of madness, actually, in church life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's my experience of those kind of early adopter types, uh, often uh, a kind of a, a really, they're often male, and they're often a little geeky in a good way. And they get really passionate about something. And they think that everyone should be jumping on board with that. Uh, which is often they're often correct but their problem is they see it as the end not the means <laughs> and in reality all of this is a means to you know so everyone listening to this every church in my i've worked at churches i've worked for churches i've been involved in church you know the, over 30 years all my life and um, and every church regardless of size or budget or tradition has three basic challenges how do we reach more people how do we disciple them better and how are we going to afford it? So evangelism, discipleship and stewardship are kind of the three things. And like you could probably you could probably agenda uh, uh, categorize your leadership meetings or your trustee meetings or your eldership meetings or whatever, you, or your staff meetings or whatever. Every meeting, everything falls into either evangelism, discipleship or stewardship. Right. And so my my view would be that digital communications can help us fulfill those ends but they're not the end you know ultimately like ministry be, you know, the, the only thing that's going to fulfill those ends in reality is kind of faithful ministry and you know god breathing on it like, you know we can't do it without god breathing on it we can't control those things <laughs> but, but 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 that's really the the, the true end and um, that but, but, but the these are means to an end and they're there to support the stuff that a church should be doing yeah so the question isn't um we need to be on Instagram. What on earth should we do on it? But the real question is, we need to disciple our people. How could Instagram be a way that we can do that? Yeah, or or the other question is, is what's our church comms for? So is our church comms for reaching people or is it for mm -hmm. discipleship? And if it's for disciple, if it's for reaching people, where are the people in our community we're trying to reach? If it's for discipleship, it's where the people in our congregation that we're trying to reach. So even straight away, you get two different questions that might lead you to two different platforms. You know, if your social media, if you feel your social media is for discipling people, and it just so happens that all your congregation on Facebook, then you might not need Instagram. But if you think it's for evangelism, and you're in a city centre chair, you know, you feel called to students, you probably shouldn't be on Facebook, you probably should be on TikTok. So like it all depends on the on, on the on the ends that you're trying to fulfill that's gonna establish your needs. You're just hinting at something there that I find quite overwhelming, Peter, which is the short lived nature of a lot of social media platforms or communication platforms, let's call them. Um you know, we were laughing earlier about MySpace, but but the way that things come and go and the way that I feel, I mean, I'm 54, um, the, the way I feel that I sort of get used to something and then um, it's kind of fallen out of fashion. And, and I guess probably Twitter X, whatever we call it these days, is seems to be heading that way a little bit. Um, there's certainly less kind of enthusiasm for it, it seems to me. Um, so, you know, how, how can we deal with the brevity of some of these communication tools in the context of building a, a long-term ministry yeah so i think the first thing is i'd focus on the stuff that's all that's been true probably now for a couple of decades so like a church website is going to be 
you know, websites aren't going to go out of fashion anytime soon, right? Okay, so, so we should be including our website in the uh, in that kind of communication package. It's yeah, not just about social media. Yeah, I, I mean, okay. I would, Joel's heard me say this probably a thousand times. The two most important things that I think every church should be investing in is their church website because and their, their, their email list in their church, their mailing list. And that's because they're owned digital real estate. You know, what you're talking about the reality of social media is it's rented space <laughs> when okay. you you know you're it's a bit like renting a house your landlord can decide what they're going to do with it tomorrow and of course you have some rights but in reality the landlord wins eventually it's the same with social media is that that's rented space from a private entity and that private entity is going to do whatever it wants and there's a big opportunity there i think but in reality, the owned digital real estate, the stuff that a church has full control over is one, their website and two, their church mailing list. And I think putting those stakes in the ground are really important because because of that, that allows you to have a, a consistency in your communication. And then social media is like the um, is like the icing on top of a cake, right? It's the it's the exciting stuff. It's bright and shiny. It, I think there's a huge opportunity there. But in reality, it does change. And so don't rely on the amount of times I Google a church, you know, moved, just moved, looking for churches. You Google a church, you click on the website and it takes you straight to the Facebook page. That fills me with dread for that church because yeah. reality well, it tells you about you know, it, it tells you about the Christmas services. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but that fills me with dread because Facebook could pull that page tomorrow. Facebook could shut down tomorrow. I mean, it could go bust tomorrow. And, um, you know, it probably won't, but it could. And so we want to make sure that you're building kind of you, at least your foundation is on kind of own digital real estate. And that's going to be a website and a church mailing list. Does that need to be really expensive? I mean, um, it, you know, it kind of no. that just sounds like, you know, setting up a Facebook page for church sounds fairly low maintenance or fairly yes. easy in. <clears throat> to, you know, setting up a website, man, you know, that just feels like a whole different world. Yeah. So it doesn't need to be expensive. And um, there are. In the same, you know, there are uh, ways you can do that that are going to be cheaper. So you don't, you know, I think there was at one point where you would have had to pay the developer to build your website and that was going to cost you minimum £10,000 or whatever. It's not like that anymore. There are ways to go and get it. If you have someone who is 21 in your church, they can probably know how to build your website relatively quickly. Uh, the quality of that is going to be might be questionable depending on how good they are but they're going to be able to do that for you so there's a couple of platforms one would be squarespace it's a little bit of a higher investment but uh it's almost impossible to break and so um almost anyone listening could probably my grandma could probably build herself a squarespace website so if there's someone listening and you've got a little so she's bit not of, talking to you yeah well that's my wife's grandma my grandma's oh, okay um, so um <laughs> you know, the squarespace website um it's going to cost you uh, a little bit of investment. Uh, we're talking less than a thousand pounds. I don't know the price off the top of my head, so I can't pull it up, but less than a thousand pounds. So there is an investment there, but you can't break it and it's going to look all right at the end of it. There are some free platforms. Wix will be one that, that you can get a free website on Wix. Um, and so uh, you would have to pay the minimum fee for your website address, your www dot, but they're often 99, they're 9.99 a year, you know, so £9.99 a year, then a free website will work. So there are ways to do it if you know how to do it. Um, so I don't think it needs to be a huge price. Um, you can go out and pay 
you know, four or five thousand pounds to get someone to build you a really nice website if you think that this is um, something that we really, really need to be investing in. And I would suggest that, you know, today's Friday. My in-laws are here this weekend. Tonight we might go out for dinner. And what am I going to do when I look for a restaurant to go to? I'm going to go on their website and check their menu out because I don't want any surprises. I want to find out what the food's like. I'm going to read some reviews and I want to find out what the price is going to be. And the reality is, is at some point that everyone listening is going to do some form of outreach and they want people to come to their church for that. Right. Whether that's a gospel service or whether that's a particular outreach event or a kids club or a community event, whatever they're doing. They're going to want people to come. And in the kind of social climate we're in, people are not used to going to church. And so they're going to want to find out about it before they turn up. And how they're going to do that is go on your church website. And so I think there is actually a gospel imperative to make sure that we have some form of digital uh, presence. Because because it actually, if you don't, my suspicion is, is you're harboring your ability to actually do some form of evangelism because people will want to check you out before they turn up they, they want to know what they're gonna they don't want to get Just because that's the way the world is that's yeah. in the same way that everyone who you know if you're going to go out for dinner this weekend you're going to check a website out of the restaurant it's the same people who go to church so and people don't know what church is you know we're not in a climate anymore where people used to go to church as a child or 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 whatever and so that probably makes it even more likely so i think that's the other reason people should have a website not just because it's kind of you can do it for for, for cheap i think because it actually is going to help us fulfill our calling and fulfill our mission to proclaim the gospel that idea of uh, real estate is really helpful i find because it's it's something that you own that means you have control and um Back when I used to work with in in business industry, working with um, restaurants and cafes and shops and stuff, the amount who would have a Facebook page and that would be their thing, and it's just so dangerous, isn't it? I think that think about that real estate. Where where can you have some presence online that is going to be down to you? What you what you include on it that is going to be safe and stable? I think that's a really important thing. Good a good place to start. And then and then once you've got that safe and stable, Joel, you can you can ride the wave if you want to of the latest social media platform Mm. that's working, right? Social media is about attention. And so it's worth going where the attention is. But but once you've got that stable bedrock, you can ride the wave of attention, ride the wave of those platforms if you want to. But you know you've got that kind of bedrock of of, of safety and security behind you digitally. Yeah. And when someone someone may come across you on social media, then the website is the place where they can delve into the details. Yeah. Because often a social media post will last a couple of minutes, maybe. Absolutely. So small. But if you grab their attention then and they want to find out more, then what, how, how can they do it? Another 90 second video isn't going to do the job, but a website where your stuff is. Absolutely. But what's helpful there just for me to hear in what you were saying peter is that actually you're you're constantly thinking about what we're trying to do mm. and then you think about what tools do you need to do it and that's even yeah. the case of the web- website right what, yeah. what are we trying to do we're trying to give people information about church there's going to be quite a lot of static information probably yeah. um you know that there's going to be um some information dynamic information maybe about events there's going to be information for people in church the kind of yeah. more internal stuff maybe so so actually by thinking what we're trying to do that's what shapes what your web even what your website might look like yeah, or absolutely. even what provider you might use because yeah. of the various tools they give so if if providing sermon audio for example is really important to 
you know, to help people in the church who can't make it to church, that's going to be maybe a different provider than if you don't want to do that. Yeah. And that's not important to you. So, so it's really helpful to hear that, how thinking through what we're trying to achieve and, and why we're doing it before we do the how. Yeah. That just, that must apply to all of church life, mustn't it? It's not just communications. Actually, that's, you know, your sermon preaching program, your kids clubs, activities that that basically that's how church life should be, isn't it? Absolutely. And and also like a good website, we keep coming back to the website thing, it's going to save you time. So think about the amount of time you spend answering a text message or an email or phone call about what time the Bible study is, <laughs> right? Well, if your website's up to date and working well, that will do that for that church member. And so actually like having some of these things in place in the long run is going to save you time and energy and mean that you don't have to spend, you know, an hour a week answering emails or telling right. people a time right. of an event, you know, which I mean, I've worked at a church office. I know how many phone calls you get asking that question. So. So thinking about uh, maybe some of those exciting things uh, in terms of social media or maybe just kind of new technology that's coming out. Can you share a couple of uh, kind of trends that you're seeing that is, that's providing fruit? Yeah. Maybe not necessarily that someone's going to pile into from scratch. Yeah. So the first thing is, the first thing, and anyone that's opened social media recently in the past couple of years would have seen this is kind of short, short form video, right? Whether that's kind of short cooking videos, inspirational quotes, uh, even politicians start jumping on this, right? Putting together like little 30 second social media clips. And I think that's a huge opportunity. Video is how people are engaging in social media these days. And if you go back maybe 10 years, uh, it was often just static photos and, and graphics. Video is kind of where things are going. So short form video content. And um, I think that is kind of giving people whether that's entertainment or education is often kind of the two categories they come in. Church is probably going to sit somewhere in the middle of those two, but maybe geared towards maybe more education. Uh, so that's kind of the first thing, short form video content. The second thing, and, and, and this might be kind of controversial, but um, AI, you know, things like ChatGPT and other AI platforms um, are, are, I think, for digital communication perspective, a really interesting way of saving time, <laughs> being more f- efficient. Um, I think that's a very interesting way to go. And, and definitely, if you look in the commercial world, they are embedding those kind of systems into most of the digital platforms that we use because they recognize that that's gonna that's gonna be more efficient uh so that's kind of really interesting we can break that down some more if we want uh, i think the third thing i'll say is and i think there's a huge opportunity for the church here as well is that people are are, are starting to the pendulum is swinging towards authenticity if you look at what particularly gen Z are craving is it's actually not this kind of fake well-polished social media presence that we all think it's actually this kind of authenticity about life and and about the challenges and opportunities we all face and i think the church can live in that space really well right so that's We're, that's really interesting mm-hmm. for me peter because i see when i hear um video i think um lights 4k cameras mm. Um, you know, professional boom microphones. A bit um, like your setup today, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> whereas actually, 
it's, it's I mean, most of us have got our whole video editing record recording and editing suite in our phones haven't we Absolutely. and actually i i think one of the phenomena it seems to me just observing media not not as an expert but as an observer over the last few years is just the way that um you know a phone taken video with the audio even from a microphone which tends to be substandard on a phone but even with the audio from yeah. from a from a phone is, is basically acceptable people are yeah people will happily watch that share that and uh, we, we we can create those kinds of things in church pretty easily can't we we can and actually a lot of churches listening would have already been doing that through the pandemic so they've learned right. the skills yeah that's right they've learned the skills on how to do that and those skills were not just for pandemic <laughs> you know the opportunity was always there and the the kind of stuff was available before the pandemic that just kind of exposed the need for it and also forced us into a scenario where we had to use it and of course there's some stuff that the digital is never going to replace i'm not claiming it's going to replace everything of course it's not but i think um it's a huge opportunity and, and you're right in saying if you would just turn on any 24-hour news channel right now and watch any report from anywhere around the world the likelihood of that being off someone's mobile phone is incredibly incredibly high well the bbc the new revamped bbc news studio has a has a phone shaped screen yeah portrait yeah. they've taken away their landscape screens it's yeah, yeah yeah absolutely very interesting yeah yeah and so leaning into that, I think, you know, that when we say video content, it doesn't have to look like a TV channel. It can just look like you on your phone or you on your computer. Yeah. So, um, so can I just make that real then for me? So a little, yeah. a little, um, I don't know, um, minute long, even if that little testimony from someone in church yeah. filmed on a handheld yeah. phone used in the right way, that, that can be really powerful, right? It doesn't need, it doesn't need to be yeah. scripted you know, auto cue, no. all the rest yeah. of it. No, not at all. Um, you know, there's a few other ideas I've got. The the other one would be that if you, you know, some people listening might be the one, might be the person that preaches regularly on a Sunday, on a Saturday night, you could jump on and do a little video to give people a little preview of what you're going to preach on. Hi, now I'm Adrian. I'm preaching tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm preaching on X, Y, Z. And um, we'd really love to see you there. We're going to be discussing how this is going to affect this bit of your life and so suddenly you're kind of previewing it you might give someone the opportunity to pre-read the scripture you're going to preach from which would going to mean that they're going to take on your preaching even better and also um it might encourage some people that haven't been for a few weeks to come because they're really interested nice in yeah i like it on. i like it so that the other option you've got is you could do the opposite of that would be in the middle of the week so on like tuesday or wednesday night you could kind of depending on the way you preach in your church so it might be that your your preaching is more doctrinal based not practical based but of course there's always a practical application yeah. and so on a wednesday night you could jump on and do a short little video of what does this now mean for us so we did a we did the doctrine of giving today i'm going to talk to you about the practicalities of budgeting right you know or, or whatever so so you can kind of make it real for people in their lives and and actually you'll then meet take meaning that that, that sunday message doesn't stay on a sunday right as a pre as a preacher and a teacher and a minister we never want just our 
teach ministry to stick to the confines of a Sunday morning or Sunday evening service. We actually want it to impact the person's every day, right? And so yeah, to like the, the opportunity social media gives us is to stay connected to our congregations throughout the week, which will ultimately mean our ministry has a bigger impact because it's embedding into their daily life. Yeah, and that, that's just bringing it full circle that we want people to hear from God's word and then for it to for them to dwell richly in it. Absolutely. And one way we can help them to do that is by using digital communications. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah, I think those those two bits about short form video and authenticity link together really nicely because people want authenticity and you can do that really quickly with a little video. Yeah. And yeah, doing it just on as kind of a selfie on your phone isn't 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 the end of the world if it's not high production no. because it's it's authentic, it's real, isn't it? And then the third one, we can tie in all three AI. This is it. So I, I uh, was on the webinar with Digital Church Toolkit just this week with Josh, who was Josh, talking about yeah. AI and different ways that church communicators could use AI in, in various ways. Do you want, can you tell us a little bit about the practicalities of church, yeah. Digital Church Toolkit? So if people are listening, they think, right, I don't really know where to start, but I, I, I'm, I've bought into this idea. I want to think about it more. How can they get involved? What what can uh, Digital Church Toolkit do to help? Yeah, so, you know, um, like I was saying at the beginning, Joel, your Digital Church Toolkit is effectively an online training platform. And so that looks like three different things. The first thing that looks like is an online learning community, Joel. You're part of that. That's what you were, what you were engaging in this week. And um, as part of that, you get access to a supported community of over 100 members of people who are doing what you're doing. They are church comms people doing it in their church. Most people in there are in a church under 100. Most people in there are either voluntary or it's just part of a of a paid job they have. So they're a church administrator and comms is a small aspect of a larger job. So, you know, it's not a group of people who are doing this on a really professional level. They're on the front line, on the cold face, scrapping around, trying to make it happen. And there's that sort of community for them. And as part of that, we do a live, uh, we do a weekly training live every other week. And so Josh this week, who's my co-founder at Digital Church Toolkit, was doing a session on, on AI and how that could help churches. And um, so that's the first aspect of it. The second aspect is, is an, uh, an online library of e-courses. And that's an ever-growing library of e-courses. And um, so, you know, our flagship e-course called Church Social Media Made Simple. If so, Church Social Media stresses you out, that e-course will, um, take out the stress and enable you to have kind of an effective social media presence and easy to manage social media presence for your church. And then we also offer on the top end of that, we can offer coaching, one-to-one -one coaching uh, to help churches kind of muddle their way through if they want some kind of more um, customised, personalised kind of support. And we have kind of different price points for those, those packages. And you can find out all that information at www.digitalchurchtoolkit.com. Great. And or presumably, can I just ask well. a very practical question? You know, if I'm the if I'm the senior pastor, yeah, um, clearly this is important to me because it's it mm. goes to the heart of church ministry. But I, I I should be thinking about releasing other people to do this yeah. stuff rather, not not just taking it on myself. And and I guess even if I'm, uh, you know, I, I pastor a church very near where you're living, actually, um, in Farnham. Um, I pastor a church near there, fifty members, that kind of size. And um, a lot of stuff fell to me. But actually finding yeah. someone else in the church to release, to take control of this, that's a yes. good way of training people up, actually a good way of not burdening myself with more stuff. Yeah, every, I think every church you should have someone who, I, I, I like the phrase I like to use is championing digital communications. Yeah. Doesn't mean they have to be doing all of it. And sometimes the best person to champion this is the, is the senior pastor, right? Is the senior minister because they, they want to champion it, they are championing it. Sometimes though it's not, 
in their skill set. It's not in their passion set either. They they would much rather be doing something else, and that's fine. Right? We all have our kind of nuances and what and what we are interested and what we feel called to. So, but I think finding someone to champion it is really, really, really important. And the churches that are doing it well, regardless of size and resource, are ones that have found someone who's going to really run with it and own it and champion it in their environment. Well, that's been really helpful and interesting and stimulating, Peter. So thank you so much for giving some of your expertise. Yeah, thank you. Absolute pleasure. I hope that people who've been listening have found it helpful as well. Uh, it's been Independence. You can like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Uh, leave a review, share it with people who you think would also find it helpful. And we hope to see you again next time. So thanks, Peter. Thank you, Adrian. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.